0: Welcome to Picture Book Path, a podcast for picture book writers and illustrators with questions about self-publishing. I'm ai
1: And I'm Phil. We're two experienced image makers on a new journey to publish independent picture books.
0: There's no real map and we don't know everything.
1: But we're asking questions and traveling this path to find answers.
0: Come Come explore explore with us. us! Phil. How are you?
1: Hey, Ijung, I'm good. How are you doing today?
0: I'm good. How's your I'm project good. going?
1: Uh, it's okay. I've actually revised it multiple times. When we talked about our projects last, mm-hmm. I had taken it through my critique group, and I got amazing suggestions from them. And based on those comments, I decided to take the book in another direction, and so I wrote out the first half of it and hated it. Uh, but it was good because it gave me another direction to go, another way to solve the problems I was having. And sometimes it's worth it to write out something, even if you know it might not work because it's few words, but it might reveal something else that's going on. And so I wrote out this version that I thought was going to work that that completely failed but revealed a way that I should take the book and revealed other ways that I could solve problems. And so it was totally worth it. Oh, good. Yeah. And so that work of writing that extra 300 words or whatever, and putting the time in to do that ended up paying off, even though I'm not using any of that work ultimately. So, so yeah, I feel like my manuscript is in a pretty good place now.
0: Oh, good. Um, so, and when you said you wrote out the beginning, you mean you added to the beginning or you replaced the beginning? I
1: completely before? replaced it. Okay. And just rewrote the, the book.
0: So you, you actually wanted to keep the ending the way it was?
1: I only got halfway through.
0: Oh, okay. And then it was
1: revealed. I got about halfway through and then it hit me. Yeah, this isn't working. And this is like the reason why it was starting to lose focus of what I, where I wanted to go. And so by just rewriting the thing halfway through it revealed, ah, okay. The problem with the original was that I needed to crystallize character motivation and that sort of thing in a different way.
0: Yeah. yeah. So so that means you're going to have to rewrite the entire story now, though?
1: The rewrites are revealing what's working and what's not working. Yeah. So the skeleton of it is still pretty much the same. Yeah. So using word choice to really clarify things and make sure that nothing is shabby.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. With picture books, it's so important because you have such a limited word count.
1: Right. Um, yeah, it's 480 words right now.
0: Oh, wow. So, yeah, my story is like twice as long, honestly. <laughs> but yeah.
1: is it still but, under 1,000?
0: Yes. It yeah. Is. It's uh, like in the 800 range. It's pretty long for uh, a picture book, but it's, I mean, I'm self publishing it. So that's a choice I'm making for myself. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, it's uh-huh. 800 is even in traditional, it's still within the range of acceptable. Mm-hmm. They try and push towards 500. Yeah, but under a thousand is still pretty accepted.
0: I mean, I've heard like three to five hundred is is a good amount, and I tend to like um, sometimes I like stories with more complexity, and it's it's really hard for me to do that with with so little words.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: um, not that you can't make it complex with a few words, but it's a little different.
1: How about you with your project? What's happening?
0: So, last time that we talked I had talked about maybe taking a, a little break and so oh. I I did take a break um, I think I was a little bit tired out because I had done a bunch of work I had finished up one of the more complex spreads that I'll probably do in the book um, and I was just like maybe a little burnt out by just the whole process so I wasn't sure if I was gonna take like a much longer break and and try to do something else for a little bit but I ended up actually just taking like four days and really not, not really working on anything in particular. Mm. Um, And definitely not working on my book at all. And then I was also experimenting because I was really inspired by our conversation on how to organize ourselves. And I went back to a book that I'd read several years ago that really helped me. And it's called The Now Habit by Neil Fiore.
1: I'm not familiar with that one.
0: I, I like that one. He talks about procrastination and some of the psychological reasons behind it. Oh. Interesting. Um yeah. So it's not like a book that shames you into saying, you know, like <laughs> just, you just gotta work, just do it, you know? Because right. actually that doesn't always help if you're having problems with that. Just doing it isn't isn't easy. So mm-hmm. yeah, so some of the you know, some of the issues could be, you know, fear of failure, fear of fear of judgment. So if you don't finish your project, it you can't be judged by anyone. Right, it's, and you're like delay. You're delaying. It's still not a good tactic per se, but <laughs> you're delaying that fear from you know actually realizing itself. Um, there's different things like that, but the thing that helps me a lot is this thing called the unschedule. And so his other theory is that if you're doing something that requires a lot of work, such as writing a thesis or you know, working on children's book, that right, would take a, a long book. time. <laughs> if you think of it like this is all work and no play, you're just going to be like totally overwhelmed and not not really want to work on it. I created my own sort of Excel blank spreadsheet of the days of the week and every, um, like a cell for every hour of the day starting oh, wow. at 7 a.m. Yeah, till midnight. And I actually did this before, several years ago. It really helped me then. And I just kind of went away from it because actually I think that my work ethic got a lot better because of it. But I have to have a little more discipline with this project. And so the one of the big things is on your schedule, you actually pencil in the recreation that you're going to do. Like, are you going to watch a movie? Are you going oh, to go out with friends or whatever? You, you pencil that into your schedule in the the hourly blocks and and you stick to them you don't i mean yeah sometimes things are going to change around but and then when you do work quality work on your project not just like dawdling on the internet and then i'm doing a few (laughs) working minutes here there just like you're really focusing like in half hour increments was his suggestion and then you add up your hours at the end of the day and the other thing that's that helped me was um I don't always do this, but I'm trying to get in this habit. Um, Before you do anything fun, you try to put in half an hour of work. Ah. So, and that way it's like a reward for the work that you did. And it creates like a a nice feedback loop rather than, oh, I can't can't focus, I'm just gonna watch TV, which creates like, okay, if I don't feel like focusing, I'm gonna do something fun, you know? You're associating work with something enjoyable afterwards.
1: Yeah, interesting
0: and it, it's also using reverse psychology because Like right now i'm actually sort of excited about being disciplined <laughs> Right because it, it's like i'm looking at my schedule. I can visually see these chunks of time and how i've used them and so I can say like, oh gosh, I spent a lot of time dawdling on the internet today I'd rather not do that or i'd rather or even if i'm not working on my project I'd rather be spending the time in a different way and so you have more choice over how you're spending your time, which gives you more control, and not so much like I have to do this. This is, this is so hard. I have to do you know. Instead, yeah, you're like, makes sense. oh, I'm really making progress on this. I did you know, four hours this day. For you know, I've did done 20 hours this week. Um, you know, so now I kind of have a goal, of a minimum number of hours, and and actually I have like a, a next level goal. To try to work towards you know adding an extra half hour each day i'm not sure if it's gonna work but i'm gonna try cool and At least i can sort of track it using these um schedules i have
1: it'll be interesting to see what it does to your work day yeah well I that's mean, very exciting
0: and the other thing is that i i was looking through my calendar um and i was adding up because i do I actually have been tracking my hours even before i did the unschedule because I want to know how long it took me to do each spread and just sort of oh. estimate. And I was I was tallying the the week end total, and I realized that actually I actually did work on it a fair amount each week for, for most of the time, but I just didn't realize I did.
1: Mm, and, yeah. And
0: so it that was actually helpful because I think one of the reasons I got kind of like tired out from my project was I was I was sort of judging myself about what this work should look like and how many hours I should be putting in and what should be a a successful amount. And honestly that doesn't really help because I just felt bad. Like I I just wasn't doing enough. So sometimes I think it's helpful to actually look at what you've done and give yourself credit and encouragement because I work better with encouragement. You know, I realize that this is what the work looks like for me and this is just what it is. It's just, Me just working on it day by day, the best I can.
1: Right. Well, uh, I'm going to do a really awesome transition here and say, (laughs) speaking of getting things done, our guest today is an illustrator. Would you like to introduce her?
0: Yeah. Bonnie LaMere is a graduate of Ontario College of Arts Communication and Design Program, specializing in medical illustration. She began her career as a freelance illustrator with a promotional postcard in 1989 and went on to design figurines, teddy bears, home decor, giftware, stickers, toys, and children's books, which have won many awards. Bonnie works in her home studio located in a small hamlet in northern Ontario, Canada, surrounded by her family, a studio cat named Crow Quill, and three lively hens. Her eternal optimism is the foundation of every drawing. You can see Bonnie's work on her website, bonnieella.com. Bonnie has worked on several books, including Cat in a Box, written by Marie Priscilla Hansen, Words Are Just Words by Shannon Richardson, and Martin the Marlin, Friends Help Friends by Mark Nelson O'Brien. She just completed her debut as author and illustrator with Little Leo Loves Hockey, and her book, Chicken or the Egg, which she also wrote and illustrated, is soon to come out. Bonnie has a very uh, fun and quirky style. Her characters are very lively, and there's a lot of movement in her colorful illustrations.
1: Bonnie is super into what she does, and we're really excited about this interview. Let's bring Bonnie on.
0: Hi, Bonnie. Nice Hi to there.
1: Meet you. <laughs> hey, thanks for being here.
0: Thanks for inviting me. Um, So, Bonnie, you've worked in the illustration and licensing fields for several years, including designing toys and other merchandise. Can you tell us about your background and um, how that's influenced your children's book illustration? Yeah,
2: yeah, for sure. Uh, I started um, as a medical illustrator um, back in the late 80s, I guess. And, or early 90s. <laughs> and uh, and then I I ended up from there, I just lucked into a job uh, designing toys at Gans and Brothers. So then that was happier and there was characters and, and uh, you know, just teddy bears and, and frogs and fun things. So that kind of started me drawing whimsical, cutesy uh, characters. And then uh, just out of the blue, my husband wrote a storybook, Dent and the Dragon, and I illustrated that. And then from that on, that just from there, I just started doing uh, children's books and then uh, giftware and and I kept doing the children's products. It's just a lot more fun.
0: <laughs> so designing toys and things, that was actually what sparked the children's book path? For yeah,
2: you? yeah, for sure, yeah. Because uh, we had to do packaging and uh, create little storylines for the figurine lines. So I, I just thought that that was really fun, and I just kind of uh, kind of took that forward and uh, started doing books. Oh, awesome.
1: so you said that the one that your husband wrote was the first book you illustrated?
2: Yeah, that was the very first one, uh, Denton Denton the Dragon and the Tale of Tear River. That was. Written um, in 2003 or 2004 ish, and then from there I just uh, I ended up submitting that. Well, I had to get that printed, so the printing company at the time was Create Space. So then, it just turned out that they were hiring illustrators. So uh, they liked my book so much that they hired me, and then I worked for them solid full time for about ten years, just illustrating um, okay. uh, self-published <clears throat> work from other authors.
1: Oh, I had no idea that you were tied to Create Space in that way.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was my first uh, real publishing uh, experience with Create Space. Mm-hmm.
1: So you've been involved in the indie world since two thousand three with your husband's first yeah, book.
2: Yeah, at least yeah. I'm trying to remember two thousand and between two thousand and three and two thousand and five um, is when we submitted the the book for print. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a while. So I mean I've seen Create Space change from Create Space to uh Kindle Direct, you know, like a book actually I was with them when they were Book Surge. So it was a long time. It was a great experience.
0: And has your illustration style evolved over the years as you've done so many? Yeah. Books?
2: Yeah for sure. Um, I don't do a lot of traditional work anymore. I, I work uh, mainly um, digital, although I still draw the pictures by hand, and then they're put either uh, scanned into the computer, and then I paint them digitally. So it's definitely evolved. I, I mean, I'd like to say I got better, <laughs> you know, more experience, and I learn more as I go, and I've had to do like a gazillion characters. So um, yeah, just with all that experience, I think anyone would get better.
0: When I looked at your website, I noticed like it's a really clear and beautifully laid out website and your website highlights your children's book illustration services, your artwork, it even has testimonials um, Mm -hmm. for other authors looking for an illustrator. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you have any tips for how to create a website or like, you know, does your website draw on a lot of business and what would you say about creating a website?
2: Um, I think as long as it's easy to navigate, and um, I often say to use a lot of white space in behind your work, um, just so that your work pops. Uh, I guess it's, I suppose it depends on the artist's work, but in my case, white space is better because I use a lot of color and there's often a lot of detail in the pieces. But, um, as long as it's easy to navigate and not too much, um, I do so much other work like uh, giftware and uh, stationary uh, seasonal uh, product, but I don't put that on my website because I just want to streamline it for one for one product, which is my uh, children's book services. so. Um, as long you know, as long as it's streamlined, easy to navigate, bright, and shows your best work, I think that uh, it'll be successful. It totally so makes you,
1: sense.
0: Do you get a lot of um, you know people looking for work because they found your website, or?
2: Yeah, yeah, I use my website more as a um, go to my website and look at my style more. Um, so I I don't know. I think the search engines are are doing well, um, but they have to know who I am first. So um they usually find me through different Facebook forums. Um, I'm in a lot of those uh, indie children's book, Facebook uh, forums, and then there's about three that I'm involved in, and there's just a ton of uh, illustrators and authors, publishers, and we all just chat and and learn from each other. And a lot of times authors are looking for illustrators. so, um, we'll all post our websites and then, you know, they'll, they'll find us that way. So, uh, I use it more of uh just letting people know the type of work I do. And then of course, just to kind of outline, um, how the process is. Cause a lot of people have questions on what to start with because uh, they're new authors.
1: Yeah. I liked on your website, how you had a section that had all the points of how to work with you and all the steps that you would take
2: mm-hmm. with an yeah. author. Yeah, it can be a little overwhelming because, I mean, it's hard enough to write a book, let alone just all of the stuff that an author has to do next. Like, I just finished my own book just in February, and there's just so much involved, so much to it that, um, you know, if you're just starting out as a writer, it's nice to have someone with that experience or even just a guideline of what to do.
1: What are some of the questions that you find from authors, like from the illustrator side of things? you know, an author's just coming to you with a manuscript?
2: First of all, they want to know your price points. And then they want to know what to start with. Uh, a lot of times they don't have a vision. Like they'll just, they'll have their story. And then they, they don't really know how to put it together page to page. So I often, I'll help them go through it by doing... Um, uh, more of a a wordy or a, like a synopsis and where I see the illustrations so left side right side full spread this and that and then from that we chat about um okay well maybe that's too many illustrations or let's add some more um and then they and then they just say okay go ahead and start so then I would go and I would illustrate the the storyboard and then and then show them that. So it's very it's a visual process. I I mean it has to be because the the pictures are what kind of um gets the eye of the children. So um so it has to start visually.
0: And you said um you have them write a synopsis for each spread? Is that mm-hmm. of I what they that. want if the yeah. what they want to show in the spread?
2: Yep, yeah, so I'll read their manuscript, I'll go through it and I'll kind of I'll um I'll split it up into stanzas or in two different pages. So I'll say, okay, well, this verse can go on the left side and then we'll draw this with that. And then the next verse, uh, let's go on the right side and then we want to create some suspense. So let's leave something hanging here and we'll draw this. So I kind of illustrate it all out for them and then they know what what everything's going to look like in the end.
0: And I'm sorry, did you say um, when you do that process, you're you're doing the storyboards at that point yeah
2: yeah I do a little bit of both so Mm -hmm. so the first thing they do is give me their manuscript and then I I sort of chop it all up page by page and then I send that back to them and then giving them sort of my ideas of what I could see visually uh so the character maybe is um at the beach and he meets the alligator or something. And then the next page, the, the alligators chatting and, and they're going to go to a dance or something. I'm just kind of going, right. <laughs> trying to uh, go off. But um, so it just page by page I go through and I just, uh, I really detail it out as far as what I see is happening. And then um A lot of like, yeah, for the most part, the authors are really pleased and and, uh, they're just like, okay, well, let's let's get down to the illustrations then. Like, I can't wait to see what you're going to do. So a lot of times we're I just want to make sure we're always on the same page. And uh, usually our vision is the same. So it's kind of nice.
1: This process you're describing kind of involves you doing all the pagination. How much do you like authors to kind of dictate what's on a page versus where you're breaking up how the manuscript should flow?
2: Mm, I would, I like to just do it. Um, I mean, obviously it's their project. Ultimately I want them to be happy. So they'll come back and say, Oh, can we add this character or, you know, and then just go from there. But I kind of like to have leeway because I I have done it for so long that I can, I don't want to be put into a box where I can't kind of add those fun things because a lot of times the authors wouldn't think of that and for like a lot of times the authors will say oh my gosh I love that you put this in or I love that you put the bird in the tree or you know I put little quirky details in there just to kind of make kids laugh and kids really notice those things mm-hmm. I'm all about the silliness and the fun that story time so
1: yeah totally. Oh,
2: that's cool.
0: Mm-hmm. so if an author comes to you in a perfect world what are some things um or actually not in a perfect world, if it, if it's not a perfect world, and they come to you, and, you know, maybe there's some misconceptions they have, or what what should authors keep in mind when working with an illustrator that you would love for, to happen, you know, and what are some of the um, maybe common well, mistakes, you know, authors make?
2: Yeah, I think the most, the, the thing that that authors should keep in mind is we're not um, robots <laughs>
0: <So> <laughs> we,
2: we uh you know we do have imaginations and that's why we do what we do that's why we're good at our jobs so um i think authors need to sort of um let their story go and and put it in the hands of us because that's why they hired us and um and that when that happens it's really great like but, I mean, I've had authors that are very much, okay, do this, this, and this, and, um, you know, and they give me paragraphs that I have to illustrate. That's okay. Um, but I also want to be allowed to do my own, you know, put myself into it, too, because I think that's what makes it better. Well,
1: yeah. it comes down to collaboration and trust between three Exactly.
2: Yeah, it's a huge thing, and trust. And, I mean, it's not even so much, a, it's a partnership, because in the end, it is the author's work it's the author's story but I like I I don't have a huge ego so I'm not (laughs) you know gonna put myself in in that position but I just I just want them to trust me and and know that I'm gonna do the best that I can do to make their project great and and just to make kids laugh and smile
1: what would you like the author to kind of come to you with already
2: yeah I mean just the character descriptions is all I need and their manuscript
1: so then (laughs) <laughs> I was just going to say, then the discussion about, say, size and things like that just kind of happens naturally through the process.
2: Oh, the the actual physical size, the size of yeah. the book? Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually, in reading the manuscript, I will... Um, uh, sort of recommend certain sizes, landscape format or vertical format, square format. I I do often recommend square format or or a larger type of book, but then that all comes down to the author's budget and uh, and the printing costs. So I'm I'm very flexible and and I often do I'll actually work high resolution. So if the author does at some point want to do a re. A reprint of the book larger than that's possible
0: so Bonnie, how do you estimate your pricing for projects, and you don 't have to tell me the the exact numbers or anything, but what is your process for that?
2: fine no, no it's fine I mean it's always different, so I, I can't really give numbers anyways um, okay. i I do have standard prices per page, but it all comes down to. Um, double spread, single spread, spot illustrations, um, how many? And then I I do have package um, promotion prices too for design, graphic design, uh, the layout process, ebook design. So I mean, in the end, it all comes down to what the author is asking for, and the more they want, then it's like anything else, the the better the price they can get you know what I mean? So if they want me to do the entire package, then I can, I can give them certain deals um, in other aspects of the book. So like formatting or cover design or things like that. I can throw certain things in for a cheaper price.
1: You, you kind of talked about how you start the process with paginating and deciding where the line breaks are, where the page turns are, all that sort of thing. So at what point do you decide here's how many full page illustrations here's how many double page spreads here's you, you know and um, and kind of get into that if you're if you're charging per illustration
2: yeah um, so and that's that's the thing so i'll do the the largest amount like i'll just i'll just go to town on how, on, on what i see as making the book great and that might mean 30 illustrations, but then they'll come back and go, oh my goodness, can we cut that down to 25? And I'd be be, sure, let's do that. Uh, where mm-hmm. can we cut? And uh, maybe, and then maybe instead of a single page, we can throw in a spot illustration and just tease the reader. You know, I'm I'm pretty flexible and easy to work with that way. And so I'll I'll give them my entire uh, view of how I see, and then they'll either go, okay, that sounds wonderful, or
0: let's cut it back a bit. It's the same as anything else, really. Right. So you do work for hire. You don't. Do you do royalties at all, or is that ever anything? No. Okay.
2: Yeah. No. I just pretty much uh, per project work for hire, and then the author has all the rights to the work, and and then but I help them. I don't just leave them hanging in the end. I'll give them some tips on marketing and. Live different links and uh, different printing houses, different vanity press and and just all different places that I know in my experience and And I always tell them that I'm always as close as the computer, like if they have questions. I have authors that I've worked with over the years that. I would have done a book for them a couple of years ago, but then I might get an email from them and say, oh my goodness, um, you know, can I send this book to a new printer and I'll just reformat the book for the printer for them. So, I mean, I'm always um, helpful that way. Oh,
0: wow. And how long does it take you to illustrate a book usually? Um,
2: well, <laughs> Amanda's, uh, which is the the one that you guys know um the one I just did for Amanda, My that one, dream, yeah, 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 Amanda exactly. Um, that one was a really. Uh, she was on a tight deadline, so I don't do that very often.
1: <laughs> that was
2: yeah. about three or three, three weeks, or maybe four weeks in total. And then the Whoa. the little oh, Leo so- one. Yeah. was um, again I had a huge uh, deadline for that one and that one was about three or four weeks but I mean usually um, a turnaround turnaround I would like I usually say um, a month and a half to two months it, and but that all that all has to kind of r- relate to how many I'm working on at the time so and then of course if someone needs something for Halloween or Christmas at this point um, we'll have to discuss timelines and things like that and my and my project uh, level like what I have going on at the time but I try to meet my deadlines so but usually it's I'd say one to three months to get a completely finished project.
0: That's so that fast. Is so <laughs> fast. <laughs> how, how do you do oh it? And you're working on more than one. How do you do that? <laughs> yeah,
2: I work on I work on a lot at at the same time. Um, <laughs> it's just a <laughs> it's just a matter of just scheduling like your sketches, your linears, and you, you know you have a few days uh, before you're going to get approval. So then you you go back to another project and. You know, it, it's just the, the, the way it is being a freelance uh, illustrator because you, you'll get projects in at the last minute and they need yesterday for other things, for giftware and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's just all about scheduling and, and just doing your best to, to, to be honest with your deadlines. And, and I have can't, went to authors and said, look, I really need a couple extra days. You know, do you mind? And this and that. And, and usually they're pretty good. <laughs>
0: Wow. wow. <laughs> You've just found a flow that works, and you don't, it seems like you don't yeah. have issues with procrastination or <laughs> blocks or anything. Oh.
2: It just <laughs> I have my moments, but it, it is something you do get a block, though, every now and then. Like, there are certain times when I know that I draw, like, I'll draw early in the morning. Anything new, I have to start early. In the afternoons, mm-hmm. I usually leave for painting or or thinking, or, mm-hmm. or text, or not text, emails, and, and business stuff, but the mornings I have to, that's my creative time, so I've got to really hunker down and start early if I'm going to, mm-hmm. you know, if I have to start a project.
1: Yeah, so you were referencing um My Ancestor's Wildest Dreams. It was written mm-hmm. by Amanda co-written by Amanda Lynch and her yep. daughter Ava Holiday. Um yeah. this for people who aren't familiar, uh Ava Holloway and uh, Kennedy George are two young African-American ballerina uh dancers who were photographed in front of the Robert E. Lee Memorial with all the recontextualized graffiti on it from the community um and those photos went viral and amanda lynch uh and ava holloway wrote a book about that experience and mm-hmm. it, i was really stunned at how quickly that book just came out in general because those photos just went viral two months I ago i know believe me
2: so is i
1: <laughs> they've already got that book out um, was was that just a whirlwind of a project?
2: Yeah, it was um, And um, Amanda would write me Okay, so how's the progress? <laughs> I'd be like, okay it, it, I'll be sending you something soon So yeah, but I mean There weren't a whole lot of characters in that one So uh, that one And it, it just flowed, I don't know I, I think it was just kind of a a really cute book And it it was it really, it's it. It had its own challenges, but it was just it just flowed really nicely.
1: But um, one of the? And Amanda's
2: great to work with.
1: One of the interesting things is that is that if that was a traditionally published project, we still wouldn't see it for another two years.
2: I know right? because yeah, I know. the the
1: timelines yeah. are so much longer. Um, yeah. So in terms of indie publishing, that's one of the the benefits of. India is that you if something like this does happen um, if Mm -hmm. there's a time crunch on something you can still produce a project even while a movement is happening and kind of comment on that movement in the middle of it Um,
2: exactly and I
1: think Mm -hmm. that's fascinating
2: yeah yeah I mean as long as as long as you still go through the channels of finding an editor and you know and and getting it right so you're not it's not looking like you were rushed but i i think we did a really good job and amanda she she had her ideas so it was it was great and i've worked with her several books in the past so i think that helped too so if she was a new author i think there may have been a a, you know maybe a couple of hiccups but we just gelled so it was really great
0: so it sounds like you had a a good trusting relationship like you were Yeah, I yeah, have.
2: for sure. She pretty much just said, "Here you go. Here's the link to the photos. Uh go to town." And it was great. I like
0: that. So Oh, so she and, didn't uh, she didn't actually direct you on on the pages then.
2: Not so much. No, um she saw
0: the linears
2: like before I go into color, uh I always get get the authors really detailed linears they they know what they're getting and uh yeah sorry line work yeah okay
1: i think that it's important though to point out that you this was your third book with her um yeah so there was that trusting relationship because otherwise most projects probably wouldn't come together for you that
2: absolutely not that quickly i mean i do have authors that that yeah the same they just give me the manuscript and they just can't wait to see what I come up with. So, and you know, and then either I'll, kind of email them and ask them a few questions because sometimes they don't they just say here you go you know have fun i've i've got one author in charleston who's similar i just finished the sixth book for him and he's the same he just writes these um really quirky funny stories and then just hands them off to me and and he just he just sits there and waits and can't (laughs) can't wait to see so it's fun
0: I'm curious, how many books have you illustrated? Do you know?
2: No, I don't even know. Um, wow. <laughs> probably about a thousand. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, oh, I mean, congratulations! No. That's, insane. that's insane. That
1: is fabulous.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know actually. I mean, I've been doing it since I guess 2005, let's say. So, I mean, that's. 15 years. So yeah, I'd say well over 600 anyways into a thousand. So Um, mm -hmm, they're all over the place.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I actually wanted to to go back a little bit because I'm still like in awe of you making, like working on so much because actually in our last episode, we were talking about productivity and, and I, I have, you know, problems with that. But Um, it sounds like one thing that works for you is that you're working on several projects and small steps at a time so that you can work on one project and then switch off when there's a waiting period. So, but like, do you just sit down and just like work at your desk just straight? Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. All the time. Yeah. In fact, I, I don't, um, I have to actually do one book at a time, like as far as the stage. So if I, it's, it's hard for me if I start the drawings, I, it's hard to go to another book and start the drawings, so that's why I have to work quickly, because I have so many at the same time, I have to finish the drawings for one book, send them in, then start the next one, send them in, then, you know, keep going and keep going, Um, as far as the drawing stage, where it's the coloring stage, I can work on several at the same time. So I can do say five of one and then three of another, but, just because I'm in that mindset, like if, say, for instance, I have the, this mon- uh, this book from Charleston, there's monkeys and giraffes, and and there's children and parrots. I mean, there's a gazillion characters. So in order for me to just stay in that mode, I need to do all, say, eighteen illustrations before I go and start Amanda's or you know what I mean so because they're completely different mindset because Amanda's was more of a serious book and this one was very silly so I have to sort of be in that same mood so I do Uh have to really schedule these projects really smartly
0: and what so what is the most difficult part of a project then what stage for you
2: um I don't know There, I wouldn't use the word Difficult. I think um, that's a really difficult question. <laughs> um, I suppose, what part
1: do you enjoy the least?
2: <laughs> oh, I see. That's another I, a hard question because I really love my job. Um,
0: <laughs> uh, You're a unicorn, by the way. So,
1: <laughs> if you would have asked me that, I would have said drawing horses is my favorite part, <laughs> favorite part oh, of the job. okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. I don't really have a part that is my least favorite. I, I like all the different um, things that come on come into my desk. Like I think if I was doing the same thing over and over, like the same book uh, over and over and over and over, I think I wouldn't enjoy that as much. But because I have so many different things going on, I can stay challenged and 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 excited about projects. Oh, Do you have a favorite? A <laughs> I love I love doing animals, so that mm-hmm. would be my favorite. Yeah, I love doing the silly stories and the rhymey ones and uh I love the 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 quirky ones. Mm-hmm. I I tend to like those more than the serious um books and even the serious books I I get I sort of lighten the kind of lighten the story by by adding in uh, bright colors and and just so yeah I guess I guess um I can answer your question saying that when the serious books come in those are more challenging mm-hmm. with like a serious uh, lesson type thing
0: yeah to give it that gravity hmm exactly
1: so you've been illustrating indie picture books now for 15 years but you've only just mm-hmm. recently brought out your first one that you've written yourself correct with mm-hmm. Little Leo uh, yeah Osaki? yeah it's <laughs> sad
2: not
1: <isn't Well>, it <laughs> well no I was gonna say what 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 was the the change for you why did you decide to do this now
2: well so time is a big thing. I mean, I've been working on another book that I'm hoping to come out soon. It's just I don't have a lot of time to do my own projects. <laughs> so I, I've I've written about four or five at this point myself, and I'd love to have those come out. But I I've got to work um, to make a living. So but for this Leo project, so it's from my hometown. This is uh, where this Leo Boyvin. Uh, grew up and played hockey and then he went on to play for the NHL but they have lost their rank and oh, wow. uh, they yeah so they were trying to raise money for this arena and they came to me and asked me because I'm I'm just you know a local I don't live there anymore but I'm a local artist we'll say and they asked me to do something for their auction and I don't really do a lot of painting um, anymore so I thought, well, why don't I I do a book? So then I had the pleasure of meeting with Leo and chatting with him one afternoon. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, had a big chat with him. And then out of that chat came my story. So I wasn't sure if he thought I was writing his bio or not. But (laughs) 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 when he saw the book, he understood. So um, he was pretty pleased. But yeah, so because I had a really crunch timeline, because uh, this hockey tournament was going to be in March that we were going to promote the book and Leo and I were going to be signing it. And so I wrote the book in, I guess, late January and then I had to get it approved by uh, Leo and then he loved it. And then I just had a month to, to, uh, February, oh, February is a goodness. short month. Too. <laughs> Believe me, there's only 28 days in February. So, um, yeah, so that one I really, um, I that was probably a record-setting one for me because that one was a lot, uh, lot of pages. I mean, you guys saw the book. Yeah, so. and they're
1: all double-page spreads. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: they are. So that one was a real time cruncher. Sadly, uh, the tournament and everything got canceled because of COVID. But um, oh, I, yeah. So um, we were we were to have the tournament and the the book signing and the launch on the. 17th I think and they closed everything down here on the 15th so oh,
1: just bad missed. bad timing yeah. yeah bad
2: timing but I mean in the end it, it's better because obviously you don't want anyone to get sick so right yeah. but um, yeah so anyway we still have the books and I'm selling the books and, and they have their so they uh, the group that I did the, the work for they did all the printing and they did all the they handled the printing costs and they've got all these books to sell, and they're gonna raise all this money for the the new arena. So I think they've sold um i I'm guessing they've sold almost four hundred so far, so. Oh, good. Yeah. So just doing um, that online.
1: Yeah, not bad when everything's closed down.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, they actually they had pre orders. So basically I had them delivered and then Mm. everybody just kind of it was the door, you know, the porch pickup kind of thing. So everybody went and got their books. So that was good.
1: Can you talk a little bit about the the decision making um for the compositions for that book because like like I mentioned earlier everything is a double page spread in mm-hmm. that book like um yeah. versus vignettes and things like that
2: I think um I just wanted it to look very scenery like and I mean it is such a beautiful little town along mm. the river. I wanted to really bring those images in into the book. And as it is, a lot of the uh the old timers that have read it used to play on on that particular pond, my dad included. And so mm. it really brought mm. you know, it brought those memories back. So I just wanted to really have it visual, um a lot of things going on and and just uh, fill the pages with color. And, and I, I used a vintage um, palette as well, just to make mm-hmm. it look like it was from the thirties.
1: Yeah, the, the wide um, landscape <clears throat> illustrations yeah. kind of lend themselves towards that nature. Yeah,
2: exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then I just, I kind of tried to figure out where the text goes on top. And that's what I do with with um, my authors as well. I do you want to give them a storyboard cuz we want to know where the text goes we don't right. want to do the illustrations and then go oh my goodness there's no room for fonts and text and things like that so you kind of have to work hand in hand with that
0: although i noticed on your website on the steps you listed for working with you that formatting the book was um was a separate step and i so what do you mean by formatting i thought you meant like inserting the type the text and like yeah, yeah. so that is so, formatting okay
2: Yep, that is. I It is a separate step at the end, but as I'm drawing, I'll write in the text so they know where I'm thinking it's going to go.
1: That's design work, right? Because you have to figure yeah. out fonts and all those kinds of things.
2: Yep, Yeah, so that's the step that comes at the end. I mean, because I've been doing it for so long, I kind of just do that at the same time, and then at the end, we'll figure fonts out, and I give them choices, and then we'll work on a cover layout, but I'm kind of thinking about that, those types of things while I'm illustrating.
0: And do most um, authors, do you do the whole package for them? Or do some people even take their books and, and go to a different graphic designer or is it usually just all you? It's usually
2: all me. Um, some there's one woman in the States that I'm working with now. She's an actual graphic designer. So um she is probably i'm we're still in the midst of uh, all the illustrations are done we just have to paint I, I just have to paint them so she'll probably enjoy doing a little bit more of the formatting mm-hmm. herself which is fine so but with those like with if i'm working with a designer then it's it's even a bonus too so
0: so working on your um your book little, little leo loves hockey since that was something that you wrote and illustrated how is that Different than you working on books by other people was it? Did you feel more pressure? Or like, did it feel any different? Um, or was it just another project because you're so used? No, to-
2: I, I I think it was really exciting. Like, I really do love working on my own. Um, just because the the visuals are already in my head as I'm writing it, and um, like part of it was, oh my gosh, I can't wait to draw that. So as I was writing the the story, so. Um, no, there, it's just so much fun. And then the, it's, mm-hmm. it's your own project. So of course it's, it's kind of exciting and I published it through myself as well. So, um, yeah, it was just really exciting. I'm really hoping to get my next, uh, few books out soon, <laughs> sooner <Yeah>. than later. <laughs>
1: if you don't mind, I'd like to go back to this idea of you, um, Seeing changes in indie publishing over the last fifteen years, can you talk about just how indie publishing in general has changed a little bit?
2: There's what... so many more authors. um That's one thing. I mean, like I just feel like everybody's got a story to tell, and so. But I don't know. Hmm. It hasn't really changed. I mean, it's gotten more streamlined. It's a lot. It's a lot easier. There's a lot more options for authors, a lot more people out there doing the printing and the independent publishing. So there, you know, there's a lot more packages to choose from that kind of thing.
1: Do you think that authors when they come to you now versus say 10 years ago have more information?
2: No, I think that uh, it's (laughs) the same. I mean, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll guide them to there's, there's more information for me to give them now Uh, versus before partly because I because I know more and partly because there's more out there but no I think new authors are 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 what they are they're new authors so they're (laughs) completely new to the business so Mm -hmm. and it's kind of exciting just to kind of walk through that with them and and show them like what's out there what what's possible
1: right Mm -hmm. yeah I, I find that when I'm working with um an illustrator on some of my design or illustration projects, part of the job is sometimes educating my clients.
2: Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. Cause they don't have that vision of, or the visuals to go with it. Right. So,
1: right. My last question is um, you have, obviously have a ton of expertise. You've been producing many books over the last few years. If you had any advice for someone who's starting out right now, what kind of advice would you give them?
2: As an illustrator, I'd say really learn how to draw first. I know a lot of illustrators are jumping right to the computer in the digital programs, but um, you have to learn how to draw with pencils and paper. So, And even myself, I still use pencils and paper every day. Before my work gets into the computer, it's, all, um, it's done uh, with pencils and then uh and and have fun like don't don't be scared like it it should be a fun project cuz <laughs> a lot of these projects are really close to people's hearts they they've, they've yeah. written it and it's their heart and soul and and it's it's often about their own families their own children their own experiences so i mean just just really have fun and enjoy the process i think um if they, if you're too serious it it might not turn out as you know as as you'd like
0: and Bonnie, my last question is, is there a moment that has made self-publishing all worth it to you? And
2: um, I think there's several. I think every time an author's happy, like when I get those testimonials in, I just really, I get it. I just, I'm really happy and excited. And I just love when I make the author's book like better than they dream and, and that's you know, when they say that, it's like, okay, I did my job. So, um, those, so several of those moments would be what I would say. I just, that's, that's what it's all about. I just really want to make them happy and make them enjoy reading their book. Wow.
1: <laughs> well, thank you so much for all of the information today and for sharing oh, your experience with us. Well,
2: thank you for reaching out. I, I was really fun. So what'd you think, Phil?
1: (laughs) That was really cool. Um, Yeah. You know, I I like Bonnie's illustrations, but I'm just astounded by how much work she is able to produce.
0: Yeah. I was surprised because I looked at her website and it does show some books, but no, not 600 or more books.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: And it's funny because we did talk about this in the last episode, but she just seems to be... She said she's not a robot, but <laughs> 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 she can pump it out. I mean, uh, no, I mean, it is It is a lot of work, and it's a lot of creative energy, but she obviously absolutely loves what she does and has so much enthusiasm for it and has found just a working style that really works and is very productive, and that's right. really cool, you know?
1: But that's it's also interesting how that's – mostly for client work right like she, right. she said in the interview that she has a few uh, projects that she has written that have taken a while to get off the ground yeah um and I think that's fairly typical right we always yeah. back burner our own projects right and while I am stunned at the number of books that she's been able to <laughs> produce over the last few years um it's also kind of heartening to see that it's <laughs> client work, yeah. And so maybe makes me feel a little bit better about neglecting my own
0: projects. <laughs> well, uh, you know, again, like as we discussed, you know, we're all different. Not everyone has that kind of um, maybe energy and drive in the same way, or has right. has figured out what works best. You know. Yes. Um. So and she did a lot of deadline-driven client work when she was starting out. And mm-hmm. she said that helped her. Um, and when you have to do something, you learn how to do it. So right? yeah, I guess like, but weirdly talking to her didn't make me feel that bad because I just want to keep in mind that it, we're all different, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's okay. Like, yeah. but it's, if you can find the way that works, then that's awesome, you know? And, and that might not be an easy thing to do. And especially if, you know, you're going to do what feels most urgent and most necessary at the time, you know. So if your right. project is like, oh, I can always do this. It is sort of easy to put this off. We both did it for like years, you know. Right. Yeah. And we're starting. So I think that that's that's fine, you know.
1: In our last episode, you were talking about how you didn't think that you could really produce for other people like clients mm-hmm. in that way. Yeah. So that kind of work would not fit your personality in terms of creation right like your projects are yours you have your card line you've got your your prints and things like that right so you've gone another direction
0: my energy level is not the same like i don't have gobs of energy i have to be really careful sometimes about what i put my energy into so because i know it's it's somewhat limited i actually had more energy for creative projects you know 10 years ago or or whatever but like it It does change a little bit, maybe for some people. Uh, For me, it's a little harder for me to keep on task. But I think finding what your personality is, um, Mm -hmm. it seems like Bonnie's personality really matches with her work ethic and everything. So
1: yeah, I, I liked how approachable she was. Yeah. You know, like the way that she talks about walking her clients through the process, right? She clearly doesn't mind educating them on how things work. And in a way, you're you're not just hiring an illustrator, right? You're hiring Mm -hmm. someone that's going to help guide you through this thing and answer all those questions that you might have, so.
0: Yeah, it's funny because, like, when you're on the other end and you're being commissioned to do something, sometimes you forget that, like, oh, this really matters to someone else. Like, for me, it's a job. For them, it's, like, their life's work or whatever, you know? For me,
1: I, I sometimes forget what I didn't know.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know that's true. Mean?
1: So mm-hmm. um, it's easy to kind of, once you really know something, um, to just live with that knowledge and forget that other people don't have it. Yeah, And so being able to kind of educate people along the way is really good.
0: She seemed very generous with her, um, you know, yeah, understanding, being excited for them, for her clients, understanding where they're coming from and how to you know, how to walk them through that. I mean, that speaks to her success. I mean, she's obviously yeah. very good at at what she does and um, right. has a rapport with people, so.
1: All right. Well, thanks for being here again, I
0: Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and
1: we're always open to suggestions for guests or topics. Email us at picturebookpath at and we will see you next time.
0: See ya. Picture Book Path is hosted by ai Kim and Philip Hilliker. We can be reached at picturebookpath at gmail.com. Our music is by scottholmesmusic.com.